longer in the United States than in New Zealand. So I am an American, a proud American. Hallelujah. I'm an, one of those that's an American by choice. I think I was always an American. When I was a little girl, I used to love this country and always wanted to come here. So I've always, I think you can be an American without having been born here just because you love freedom and opportunity. And I just, I just love this country. But anyway, we've been, you've been having a series on prayer. Is that correct? Prayer. Prayer. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> There's a scripture that I wanted to speak about, and I'm so thankful for the verse that Billy, Pastor Billy read before, and we'll, I'll bring that in to what I'm going to be talking about. But I've been fascinated by this verse in Isaiah 55, verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. And so I'm going to talk for about 20 minutes, then I'm just going to play over you. Greg's going to come and we're just going to play over you for five minutes or so and just minister to you because sometimes we, we find the Lord in different ways. And one of the ways that I draw near to him is through music. And so I just believe that through music, we can open the door and that doesn't, I know that sounds kind of odd, but music has a way. I can go into your heart. I want to take your heart to God and bring God's nearness to you. So I'm going to talk this morning about the times when God is near in the Bible. Because it's, it can be strange. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Well, when is he near? Some people don't sense that he's near. And when you're in prayer, you may feel like it's just you and you don't feel God. But I want to show you seven times in the Bible where God says that he's near to us so that we can tap into those times and we can access. Now, he's always with us. You know he, is, he abides with us. He never leaves you or forsakes you. And so his presence is always there. Let me just look at the time here. Okay. He's always, always with you. He never, ever leaves you. That's his abiding presence. Whether you feel him or not, if you have received Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, then he is always with you. There's never a moment, whether you're good or bad, happy or sad, he is always with you. And he's on your side. He's not against you. He's not a God up there that is against you, his people. He's always with you. And then there's his omnipresence, which is a strange word. You don't find that word in the Bible, but the concept is there, that he's everywhere, all at one time. Isn't that awesome? He's at the depths of the ocean where it's totally dark, and there's just little wiggly things that wiggle around. He's there. And that nobody is seeing those things most of the time, and yet God's there, and he's at the furthest planet right now. He's not a little bit at the ocean, and a little bit here, and a little bit at another church, and a little bit up in the sky. He is fully here, fully in this church, fully with you in your home. He's fully with you when you're shopping or whether you're doing the dishes. He is fully 
on the furthest planet where there's nobody looking. He is fully there. So he's not a little bit in all these places spread out. He is fully there. He's fully at the top of Mount Everest, which was conquered by a New Zealander. <laughs> Just thought you should know that. <laughs> he is fully everywhere. That's his omnipresence. And we need to learn how to tap into him there, whether you're at work or at the mall or riding a bike, teaching school, whatever you're doing, he is fully there. And so sometimes we think, well, I can't feel God. And when I pray, I don't feel him. How, how can I know he's there? We need to learn how to access and just say in our heart, I know you are fully here right with me right now, fully engaged in what I'm doing. Excuse me, I'll have to be sucking on these things while I'm talking because I have had a horrible cough for four weeks. It's not the coronavirus, <laughs> but it's not nice. <laughs> so God is fully there, but then there's times when he tends to show up in certain ways, certain places, in certain times, and that's his manifest presence. And that's what a lot of people think, oh, I can't feel God or sense God. That's what they're talking about is his manifest. His, when you feel his peace or you feel him talking to you or you sense his presence. There's some people who sense that all the time and there's some people who don't sense that very often at all. And you might think that you're strange if you're in either camp. You're not. God made us all different. And some people find him when they're outside and looking at the beauty that he's created. And some people find him when they're playing music or they're dancing or they're painting. Some people find him when they're taking care of somebody who is elderly or very sick and your ministry is taking care. Even your prayers are in the taking care of one another. And it's wonderful. Some people find him when they're in the street and talking to somebody. But all of you, can access the presence of God. And so I just want to talk to you about the seven times when he says he's near. And I'll go fast, but I, I love that scripture. I've always been fascinated by it. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call him, call upon him while he is near. The Passion Translation says, call upon him when you sense he is near. But the word for seek is a very strong word. It's not just Oh, just come and have a little look. My, I've got a son. He's in his 30s. He was a, he's six foot three, big tall soldier. He was in Iraq, and then, right now, he's a border patrol agent down in Texas. But when he was a little boy, he used to like Emmett Smith, the football player, and he had an Emmett Smith jersey, and so he always wanted his Emmett Smith jersey. And he came to me one day and he said, "Where's my Emmett Smith jersey?" Oh, I said, it's in your room. So this is how the boy looked for his Emmett Smith jersey. It's not there. <laughs> not there in the room. I looked. And they sent those boys to find Saddam Hussein. <laughs> he couldn't even find his Emmett Smith jersey. And many people look for God like that. They come to church, can't find him, 
not amongst those people. But this word seek means to seek. It even means to go over and over and over again. It's like the sheep in New Zealand. I grew up on a sheep farm, and they would walk these hills, and they would find the most the best way to go around that curve of the hill until they formed a rut in the earth from their feet going over and over a lot of times. That's what this word means. It means to make a rut into his presence, to go over and over and over and to look diligently. So we have to seek him like that. And these are the times that you find God when he's near to you. In Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and he saves such as have a contrite spirit. The the Passion Translation says, The Lord is close to all those whose hearts are crushed by pain. And if you're going through something, and you're in desperate, you're crushed, you're hurt, or when your heart is broken, You need to look because God is near. If there's only seven times in the Bible where it says God comes near to us because the scripture that Pastor Billy read was about us drawing near to him. And most of the scriptures about God being near are about us drawing near to him. But there's seven times when it says he's near to us. So we better pay attention to those scriptures. And if you are in a place in your life where your heart is broken, where you're hurting, where you're crushed by pain, he has promised to be near to you. And that's so often the case. When people go through things, they sense that God is holding them. And so today, as I'm talking, I don't want this just to be words into your mind, but I want it to go into your heart today that you know that in the time when you're desperate, in the day when you are crushed with pain, that God is near to you. And that even today, if you're walking in that today, that you would sense his presence here today, that will go with you through the week or through the month or through this season of darkness because he is a God who is near. And the next one is Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call upon him to all who call upon him in truth. So when we call upon the Lord, when you lift up your voice and call to God, he will be near to you. He's not a God who is deaf, that cannot hear. I was in Malaysia one time and went to this temple of this God, and he was a great big God, and there were people crawling on their hands and knees to get to him. And Some people, they they all had to bring a gift to this God. And some people had no money and they shaved their hair off of their children to bring as a gift for the God. So I thought, well, this God must be spectacular if people would have such devotion. But when I got up there and saw this God, he was a great big pink thing and he had ears, but he couldn't hear. He couldn't hear their cry. He had eyes, but he couldn't see them in their time of pain. He had arms, but he couldn't wrap them around him. He was made out of something, plastic or something, great big pink thing. And they all just worshipped this God. I've been in Indonesia and seen a snake temple where people came in and prayed to snakes and got advice from snakes. 
in another place in Africa where they prayed to crocodiles and asked the crocodile what they should do. But I'm telling you, the crocodile doesn't ever answer back, but your God has an ear and he can hear you. He has eyes and he can see you. He has arms and he can wrap around you. He's real. Hallelujah. He's not a, a, a wafting in the... He's not a, a God that sits on a cloud with a big stick to hit you when you're naughty. Can you all say naughty? naughty. That's better. Naughty. He's not there to hit you when you're naughty. He's on your side. He's wanting you to succeed. He loves you. He knows everything about you. He knows every hair on your head. And so this God, he says, call to me. And when you call to him, he will answer and he will be near. He doesn't just answer. When you call out to him, he will be near. What an awesome God. And then he is near to those that walk in the fear of the Lord. Psalm 85 verse 9. It says, surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. The fear of the Lord is not that we're afraid of him. It's not that kind of fear. It, the fear of the Lord has three components. It means to, to obey him, to worship him, and to honor him. It's got those three components to it. So it's, not, it's more about reverencing him. It's more about honoring God and worshiping him than actually being afraid to come near to him. But if you walk in the fear of God, and I, for me, the best scripture in the whole Bible on the fear of God is in the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and the Amplified Version is incredible. But the book of Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon, the wisest man who's ever lived. And he said, through the whole book, he basically says, life sucks. That's basically the message of Ecclesiastes. I hate life. And this is the wisest man of the whole Bible. But he finishes. Let me read you how he finishes. He finishes with this concept of the fear of the Lord. Hold on, I've got to find it. Ecclesiastes. And the last, second to last verse, in the New King James, it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. After he goes on, <coughs> excuse me, about how life sucks, he says, let's hear the conclusion to this. He says, fear God and keep his commandments. <coughs> excuse me, for this is man's all. But the Amplified Version says, all has been heard. The end of the matter is to fear God. And he tells us those three components. Know that he is, revere and worship him, and keep his commandments or obey him. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character. Do you know your character is rooted in the fear of God? The foundation of all happiness the adjustment of all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun and the whole duty for every man. The adjustment of all inharmonious circumstances. Does anybody have an inharmonious circumstance going on? One or two? The adjustment 
of all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun. Not some inharmonious circumstances. All are adjusted in the light of the fear of God. To know him, to worship him, and to obey him. Those are the components. And when we walk in that, that means we're walking in the fear of God and your circumstances will be adjusted. Your character will be changed. It's the whole duty of every man. If you want to speak to young people, there's a message for young people to walk in the fear of God. Hallelujah. So when we walk in the fear of God, God is near. So let's just sum up just so far. Number one, when our hearts are broken, he is near. When we call on him, he is near. When we walk in the fear of God, he's near. And number four is from Psalm 119, which is the psalm all about the word of God. When we're near, he comes near to us through the word. Hallelujah. Because this book is not just dry pages of old stories of old dudes. This, this is the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the stories and the words are living. This is a living book, a living word. And God will be near to you when you read this word and obey it and walk in it. You can smell him here. You can go and look and find out what he sounds like. All the things that God sounds like and what does he look like? It describes him. This God who is clothed with light and whose face is brighter than the sun. He has lightning in his hands and measures the oceans and the mountains with a span. What a God. His voice is like thunder. What an incredible God. And he wears light. Imagine having light for a garment. I wonder what that looks like. And when you read it, you can actually draw near to him and sense that he's near to you because he shows himself to us here. He walks into our hearts here. So Pastor Billy offered any one of you who don't have a Bible, you can go and get a Bible. This is a living book, and God will speak to you here. When I, when I first got saved, it was 1969, so I, I must have been just a baby. <laughs> it was at a Presbyterian youth camp. I was raised a Presbyterian, and I got born again, and I went home, and my parents didn't want us to, me to get crazy religious. So they thought if I read too much of the Bible, I'd go crazy religious. So they got the minister to come and tell me I only needed five minutes of the Bible a day. That's all that Presbyterians need, you know. <laughs> or else they go wonky. They didn't want me to go wonky. I only had a New Testament, and they took the New Testament, they took my Bible off me, and I was only allowed it for five minutes a day. In fact, there were times when I was beaten for reading the Word and kicked out of the house. It's okay, it made me better. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't want me to go wonky. That was the main thing right there. But his word. I remember one day getting an Old Testament 
And I remember for the first time reading in the book of Proverbs that, um, that, that he guides your steps. And it was, God, it was the first time God spoke to me through the word. And I've been fascinated by this book ever since. What an incredible thing. It's not an ordinary book. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube of the Chinese people getting Bibles for the first time and crying and kissing the book, the book kissing the Bible because they got it for the first time and how we take it for granted. But take a moment in the day and just spend time reading this book and just ask God to draw near to you through this word. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. It's living. Hallelujah. So we find him in the word. And Isaiah 51 verse 5 says, My righteousness draws me near. My salvation has gone forth. So he comes to us in righteousness. But I just wanted to go to number six for a minute. This is the sixth one. When we draw near to the Lord, he draws near to us. James 4 verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And Pastor Billy read the scripture from Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real, and he rewards the faith of those who give their passion and strength into seeking him. So when we seek him, he is near. He's a rewarder of us who diligently seek him. But this verse in James let me just read it to you in the Passion Translation again. I'm sorry for keeping reading this one. I'm just, I love this translation. It says, move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. And the Aramaic is translated, he will be touching you. That's how that translation reads it. That if you seek God and come close to him, he will touch you. What an incredible God. And finally, the seventh one, remember the story when Jesus was walking on the road to Emmaus and he joined two people. They didn't recognize him by his face. They didn't recognize him by his voice. They didn't recognize him <clears throat> by anything that they knew. But what happened is Jesus sat down with them and he broke bread. And he was revealed to them and was near to them. They recognized him in the breaking of the bread. And in Hebrews, uh, sorry, in Ephesians 2 verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And when we come to this table, you find him in the breaking of the bread. It, it's interesting because... It says in the, in the Luke passage that he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. And that is the principle of the breaking of the bread, to take, to bless, to break, and to give. And every great man or woman in the Bible, God took them, he blessed them, he broke them, and then he gave them. Jesus he was taken, he was blessed, he was broken, and only then could he be given. And it's the same with everyone that you look at in the Bible who did great things. And God wants to make himself known to us 
in the breaking of the bread. But not just that he makes himself known to us, but he wants to take you and he wants to bless you and he wants to break you and he wants to give you to the world. And the breaking is not an ordinary breaking that we think of. When we think of something broken, if I push that glass off that table, it would break and be shattered and destroyed, unusable. But in the Hebrew concept of breaking, it's the same word that is used for the breaking out of the womb. It means something is birthed in you. And when we go through suffering correctly and we find God, there's something of him that is birthed inside of us. And only then are we usable in the world. We who draw near to God, we who God draws near to us, is not just for a me and God moment for the rest of my life, but it's that I might be taken and usable in the world. Hallelujah. And so when we, take, when we come to this table this morning, let God reveal himself in the breaking of the bread. Let him draw near. Find him near in this place. Hallelujah. Because they didn't recognize him by sight. They didn't recognize him by sound. But they tasted, and then their eyes were opened. Isn't that incredible? Because our eyes are the strongest of our senses. We can see to the stars. And you can hear thunder 15 miles away. And you can smell bread baking down the street. And you can touch somebody at arm's length. But the weakest of our senses is the one that opens up the greatest of our senses. He says, taste and you will see that he is good. And so this morning when we come and we taste and see, God wants to reveal himself in a special way to you today. Hallelujah. So that he can not only take the bread bless the bread, break the bread, and give the bread, but that he can take you and bless you and break you so that you can be given to those around you today and always. So the purpose for us to draw near to God and for God to be near to us, the purpose is so that we might be given to the world around us. We might be useful. Hallelujah. We become his voice. We become his hands. We become his blessing in the earth. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do...